Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. Welcome back. This week we have Herlin Apaza Tumpe back again. And this week we're going to talk about Machu Picchu. So for all of those listeners that may not get there, we're going to explain why it's so special and all of the cool things. And Herlin is going to tell us all about it. Welcome back, Herlin. Hola, Michelle. So it's nice to hear you again. Yeah, hola. We're going to talk about Machu Picchu as if you were there. And as you just said to me, I was only there two days ago and I forget that this is your life and this is what you <laughs> you do all the time and that you get to go to this majestic place all the time. Yeah, so that's my office, you know, like this is what, I, what I'm working on. So, yeah, we, we don't know like when I can be there, but um, at least we're once a week or twice a week so this is good for us all times when we go there so we enjoy it ourselves too yeah so can you explain if somebody maybe doesn't want to do the inca trail how can they get from cusco to machu picchu because it's not as easy as i thought it was going to be and I found it a little bit hard online to figure out how you get there. So can you explain how people can get to Machu Picchu from Cusco? Uh, sure. Look, in case you cannot hike or you're not uh, available for hike, you're able to hire a train, which is easy way, and takes you from Cusco City to Aguascalientes town that we call Machu Picchu town from there. It's still uh, by bus that can take you until Machu Picchu. Then the same, the same way round trip, you know. Okay, so the train which we got with you and you organized all of that for us. So I'm not sure where you organized the tickets and how much are the tickets. Do you know how much they are? The train, I think, is like over 60 US, 100 US. And uh, there's one of kind of luxury service here in the Bingan service. Takes you like 40 or 50 US per, per person. That's too much, I think. So, but uh, lots of people, I've been seeing it going there. Oh, wow. So it's quite expensive, that train ride. I think so. We are talking like one of the expensive transportation in the world. Yeah. Just one hour and 40 minutes, like over 60 US. That's really, really expensive, you know? Mm, very expensive. Yeah, okay. I had yeah. no idea because obviously we had done a tour and you were our guide and that was included. So you organized all of that. So we actually weren't aware of how much that cost. And I know that you did work that you could get Heidi and I sitting together. So I don't know. Do you have to organize that earlier or does that when you get to the train station? Uh, we needed to organize in advance. Like um, there are many companies, uh, which is like really popular ones. Like, they buy all the tickets and then uh, sometimes it's all out and it's quite difficult. So just like we're in advance, we need it to buy. Okay. So if people are wanting to do it by themselves, they should buy it in advance. 
yeah in advance i think nowadays you can buy in online you know but mm -hmm. so if you organize this kind of expedition with the companies yeah as soon as possible you got a contact so we should buy like be sure like we can go in the morning so any times that we want to go too much fish you know and the train is quite nice i thought it was a lovely ride it's really pretty and scenic actually quite comfortable as well because you're sitting on nice seats and i think they bring do they bring food and drinks can't remember. Oh, I didn't get the food because it wasn't gluten free. So I gave it to you and Heidi. But yes, they did bring out a snack, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So until the time that we were there, they were giving us snacks like uh, um, some hot drinks, coffee, like these things or soda. Now they are selling to you. So we used to give us, uh, they used to give us for free. Now they are selling us. It's oh. more business for them. So they're not giving it for free now. No anymore. That's not included anymore. You have to pay extra one. Oh, okay. That's a very expensive train ride now when they don't give you anything for free. When it was only a few months ago that we got it for free. Yeah. So, you know, this company is not Peruvian. It's Chilean company. And I think so. it's kind of junior by another foreigner companies too. That's not Peruvian. Uh-huh. Okay. Interesting. They know. <laughs> they they knows like you're rich maybe <laughs> yeah so they say gringos pay is always a, a gringos pay okay <laughs> now most people that come are not rich because they can't afford it after they've spent so much money to get there <laughs> uh, yes i understand yeah <laughs> yeah okay so once you get the train you get to i can never say that the town's name ella can you say it for me Ollante tampo Ollanta y Tampo. Oh no, that's not the town. Is that that's not the one that train goes right to, is it? Ah, uh, I, I was called in this town. Yeah, Machu that's Picchu right. Problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on a second. Is the train an hour and forty minutes from Ollantambo, or is it from Cusco? From Cusco to Ollanta y Tampo, there is a season goes. Even it's not from Cusco. It's like twenty hours away from Cusco, called Poroi. That's the like final destination by train. And uh, several times goes there, but most of the companies takes for an Ollante Tambo that we take by car there, like one hour or 40 minutes to, and instead it to go two hours. Oh, okay. So you get the the bus or a car to Ollantambo, and from there you get the train. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Two All ways, right. no? Yeah, two ways. Yep. There are times like around nine, I think so, the front of Poroi, which is 20 minutes away, so the train is goes from there to Ollantitambo and the same train still goes but the same train uh, uh, has chance to pick up or we are able to take that train too okay it depends like you are Cusco you're on Rubamba you're on Ollantitambo like you know you cannot come until Cusco near to Cusco so it's better to go to Ollantitambo as well okay yeah and there's some things to see there as well isn't there we weren't there for very long because we got in quite late I think the day that we went in it was dark Yes, yes. There one beautiful link site and surrounded that um Ollante Tambo there is a uh, small communities that is still dressing the uh, how how used to were the ancient people, no? They are still considered Aborigines people. So several times these people come from the villages to get some supplies and at the same time we are able to introduce to them. So, and there is one beautiful link site which is a temple. This is a really beautiful one. That's located in the main sacred valley too. That's one of the great attractions there. 
And then you get to the town that I can't pronounce, which is near Machu Picchu. Yeah, Aguascalientes town or Machu Picchu Pueblo. Two names. Yeah, okay. It's a hot spring. Yeah. <laughs> and so I actually really like that little town. I thought it was really cute. I like that the water runs through the middle of it. Yes, this is one, uh, I think, one unique time that we have here in, in the Andes and in, in Peru. No taxi service there. There is no any motorcycle. Even the vehicles doesn't use any locals there. You and your food, no? So you, you need to walk. So it's yeah. kind of a special place, yeah. Yeah, that's right. There's no cars in the town, and that's why you have to get the train there. Yes, this is one way how you can get there. Actually, there's another main way that takes you driving more than six hours, I think so, from Cusco, behind Ollantaytambo and goes to Santa Maria town, Santa Teresa town, then near Machu Picchu, it's called Hydroelectrica town. From there, we needed to walk 10 k's around there of the valley and beside of the train track and still get to Aguascalientes. But basically that is all day more or less. Oh, wow, that's and a big trek. Yeah, just of, get the train. <laughs> big trek and, uh, and costs us less money for sure, but we have to hike like two, three hours more or less, no, the last section. Mm, okay. And so then people get the bus and you have to buy the bus ticket beforehand to get up to Machu Picchu? No, anytime you can buy there. But uh, if we buy in advance, it's much easier, no? Okay. So there, there is office uh, for, for uh, by them in Cusco City. So we, we can buy the train and the bus in the same time. Oh, okay. Okay, that's a good little mm -hmm. tip. All right, and so then when people get there, I know it was quite busy when we got there, and I know that we were totally reliant on you to be able to get us to where we needed to go. But I think you just follow kind of the crowds, right, to get in? Yeah, this is, you know, Machu Picchu is one of the seven wonders of the world and one of the great destinations for many foreigners, even for locals. In the weekends, it's mainly like many people. It's a little crowded because we have chance to go as locals for free. And this is one. But um, the other thing is we are able to go like more than 3,000 people per day so the time that we were that we were there I think so was kind of any times you can get there earlier was great mm. but now it's only once uh, only once you're able to visit Machu Picchu you don't you're not able to go outside if you go outside no chance to go back inside Machu Picchu now we have two times once in the morning another once in the afternoon but also the national park sake for next year since January will be on uh, three groups per day. So we'll start like six in the morning until ten in, until ten in the morning. Mm -hmm. Then ten to twelve or around two p.m. Then until five more or less. So we will have chance to go uh, in three turns more or less to get to Machu Picchu. It's getting more complicated the rules. So. There are professionals working that because it's one of the uh, heritage. Or also, it's one of the mine for us, for locals now. So we needed to preserve that. This is avoided to see many people in the Sena um, Machu Picchu. 
What do they think is happening to it? Is it getting ruined because there's so many people walking on it? Is this what they're worried about? Uh, the weight, the weight system. I, we look two tectonic plexus crossing right into the Machu Picchu, plus the weight of the humans, maybe some of the constructions can collapse, you know, for restorations will be kind of difficult. So that's why they're making those rules. Okay, so will there be less amount of people visiting each day? Uh, no less, the same number, but um, in different times. So let's say this 3,000 has to be divided in three groups. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's a lot of things that you taught us about the actual site that blew my mind. So if there's some things, if you can kind of talk us through how you would do a tour when you go through there and give us some of the information that you would tell, that would be really great. Yeah, look, what we like to teach you is um, why Machu Picchu was built there, right on the top of the mountain. It's quite unbelievable, but it's true. Also, what does that mean, Machu Picchu, and then how important was Machu Picchu? Then how come Incas the city abandoned Machu Picchu, you know? This mm -hmm. kind of little questions yeah. help us, as well as the locals, to recover our um, cultural power, which is our customs and tradition for us, no? So, would you like to hear something? I would love to hear it all. Tell me everything. <laughs> okay, look. Name of Machu Picchu is a Quechua word. Actually, local people in the mountain, we still speak in Quechua language. Thanks to our grandfathers, people who live in over the mountains, they don't care about it, the Spanish language. They still speak in local language. Thanks to them, we are able to recover nowadays our languages. We used to believe like onomatopoeia, but it's not considered anymore that. It's is written language right now. We have ABC, like 31 alphabet, which is good for us, no? Thanks to that, we are able to understand what is the mean Machu Picchu. So Machu Picchu, the, the construction is located main, uh, right in the middle of many mountains. So mountains with the snow we call Apus, that are Incas were considered as a gods. Also mountains without snow, um, it's considered pictures. Yeah, it's still like a great mountains. And then there is a, like little hills, orcos, but uh, when we are there, so you are able to see many pictures and very far, far away on Apus. So that is why it's called Machu Picchu. Also the construction was, it's considered belongs of the ancient culture, no? located in the middle of many pictures. That's why they were mentioned Machu Picchu, no? which is, means older mountain. So do you know who came up with that name? That, that was one of the explorer, which is uh, Gorgin, I think so, one of the German man. And he wrote a map like to measure it where it's located, one of the main mine. And, but he didn't mention the name of the Inca citadel. So there is a one mountain located in the south part of Machu Picchu. That is original name, Machu Picchu. So they were, he, he were uh, focusing to, to see that mountain by different angles and to measure it where he's going to work in the mine. So that we are talking about it, 1780 more or less. 
So in the map, it's considered Machu Picchu, that part of mountains. And here in Bingan, and I saw that map, and then for, for him was sounds so good, name of Machu Picchu, that is why he decided to mention it, Machu Picchu. Okay, all right. And he's the one that, that discovered it, or someone took him there? Piran Bingan came in 1911. When he came, he found that two families were living at Machu Picchu. These families came as um, uh, farmers. They were following the footprint of the cows, of the horse. Thanks to that, they found that are Inca site, and then they were um, living a like hiding place right there. So people at that time were talking about 1902 were exporting a, a sugar cane near of Machu Picchu, and a, but people were walking through of the valley. So it was covering with a lot of vegetation. That's why even these people, they didn't see it. And these people who were living um, in Machu Picchu in 1902 were living in camouflage. At that time, Peru was a little bit difficult because we were working as a slave for the rich families. So that is why these people as well, they didn't say anything until 1911. 1911, her and Bingen get there, and he's the man who helped us to introduce to the world. Okay. And how did they make it? A Machu Picchu. Yeah. So this is one of the main logical side that we can guess. What they did, it's following the sacred valley. And actually, in Sacred Valley, we have uh, constructions having uh, good shapes, like uh, frog shape, llama shape, and a bird shape, puma shape, much vicious condor shape. If we can see it on uh, this shape uh, as the sky, we are able to find it all of this shape of the animals in the Milky Way. So they want to do this kind of construction like following the Sacred Valley, which is Urubamba River, one of the main river goes to the Amazons. And they wants, uh, this is how they saw Inca. So they wants to go through of the river in the direction it goes and then join with the Milky Way. And that is why Incas did that constructions, having a different shape uh, as the Milky Way, not to measure it, the main shadow of the Milky Way. That's one of the main uh, theory that we understand why Machu Picchu was built there. But uh, to see this ones, and uh, they found a specific spot uh, as a Incas, and then uh, um, they burn in a hole of that size. And then once they burn in, and they saw the material water and uh, the granite stones. And they say, this is the main place that we should build one construction. No? And they start to do as a retaining wall right in the Bayside near to Urubamba River, we are able to see it since that spot is the constructions that they use for farm and the same time as well as a retain walls. Then right in the upper side, they got nice spades and then they decided to build like a temples, palaces and some ceremonial places to worship. So much pictures divided in, in two sections. One is agriculture sector and the other ones like urban area no into the uh, urban area as well as divided into sector which is like it's like a ceremonial place that there are many temples yeah like ceremonial place and the other one is for industry 
so two okay. important textures. So they were and they were forming the uh, kind of great professionals, no, which is was considered part of the royalties. So it's really beautiful and, and that you can stay there, that we can see some buildings really wider. Right there was working as a biggest university because they were teaching since they were really children. So people who are living are a much picture, they were important people. So that's why they did that construction you know, in the top of the mountains. But it's really incredible that construction. And archaeologists did some excavations and they found it really amazing construction. The terrace, it's, the terrace is incredible. It looks like simple one, but uh, underneath it's really amazing one. So there are lots of drainage systems, also many aqueducts. When we have rain and water drainage easily so to the under of these terraces and then doesn't make any damage. That's incredible things. Without that construction, much picture maybe would collapse less than a hundred years, right? Incas abandoned that. Yeah, because there's a lot of earthquakes, isn't there? Yeah, and the last time happened in 1911. Cusco was the epicenter, I think, eight point something was the, the the number of the measurements and then Inca construction still there and many colonial constructions collapsed. Yeah, and they support that. So there is another incredible one. American society civil engineer did some excavation in different part of Machu Picchu and they found that like some cylindrical stones, also like a bowl shaped stones. This is working uh, to support an earthquake. This is amazing things, you know, like how Incas know about this kind of phenomenon and they did this kind of constructions to support the earthquake. It's an incredible one. Our soul, we cannot believe it, that, but it's true. And the way they do that is the stones are created in a way that they lock into each other. Is that how it works? Also, also, there are stones like uh, working like concaves or ambex, like that to tie each other. So also, um, in Ollantaytambo, in the Sena um, Museum of Coricancha, there is a, a construction, has a little line and they join two pieces of rocks and the Incas melted the bronze, you know, melted. And then once they get uh, dried, the bronze was tied two pieces of the stones, like interlocking like at the fingers, you know, that's an incredible one. Mm. So there are some examples that we can see there. Yeah, for sure, Machu Picchu with that constructions too. But uh, to see that, we have to move piece by piece the stones. Yeah, but when when we did um, excavation, this is what, what we found. It not this kind of cylindrical stones. Mm. And as you're walking through Machu Picchu, there's lots of, like you said, all of the animals that they represent. Um, Machu Picchu has as a shape of the condor. So if you see from the sky, it's the shape of the condor? No, you can go, you don't need it to sky. You you can go to Picchu Mountain, you can see it from there oh, so yeah, easily. The, the other really uh-huh. high one that there's uh-huh. no chance that I would have been able to get up. <laughs> can you believe this one? That construction was built before uh, that urban area of Machu Picchu. You really? know, for a simple reason, from there they were pointing to build the temple of the sun, the moon, the main plaza, the sun dial, to measure it, the the alineation of the sunrise, sunset, the constellations. 
So they were observing from there and then they were pointing. So that's incredible one. If you go to Wainapishi Mountain, it's great construction how Incas fitted the stones over the massive rock over the a really steeper section. Mm. That's so for those that don't, one. yeah, it's incredible. For those that don't don't know what we're talking about, when you see pictures of Inca, uh, sorry, of Machu Picchu, there's the, it's the big point in the background. That's the mountain uh-huh. we're talking about, where people stand, and you can hike that as well. But only a certain amount of people per day. That's less, isn't it? Yes, four hundred people per day. So yeah. that's we need to book in advance, like six months in advance at least, to make sure that we can go there. Yeah, and that that is for more people that are very able-bodied and not scared of heights, right? Yes, yes, yes. So you're asking about the important animals, mm-hmm. no, of the Incas. Yeah. So puma, snake, and a condor is considered each of these animals representing different level of the world. So snakes representing the knowledge. One point is um, Incas believe that. When we are in the wound, our mother through of the umbilical cordon, this is the way how we got our first knowledge. That's why the, by the shape, they were considered a snake as knowledge. Son Chronicle said uh, when if in any of these royalty people pass away, they put it back as a, uh, as a mommy at a fetal positions, and then the snake get chance to bite to get the second knowledge before to go to heaven. Then the condor they able to take the spirit life, no? That's why condor were representing to the high level, which is the sky, where only the gods are living, and this is not how the the condor were representing, and also the spirit life, also the main messenger who are able to take or transport our spirit life to heaven. That was not how Incas were considered one of the biggest vultures that we have in the world, not condor. And the other one is puma. So we're representing patient and a powerful. So this is why Incas were having a lot of patience. They were considered as pumas. So so powerful, so energetic people, no, but they were have a lot of patience. This is how we're representing three of these important animals as well, no puma, snake and a condor. So in Machu Picchu, I know there's the section where you can see, I took a photo of it, I'll put all this on my Instagram for everyone to see, but there's a section where it does show the condor. What was that representative of in Machu Picchu? Yeah, yeah, so that is located right next to the industry sector. It's a two-piece of rock, really, really big one, big models, and right and underneath there is a shape, it has a coral and has a peak like this one. Also, uh, it's a little cape joined by two big stones that is considered the tommy. So that is pointing to view of the sunrise coming the winter solstice. So what we believe it is um, over the wind's part, there is some niches, like a small trapezoidal shape, the, like ornamental. And uh, when the any when any of this the ancient people who pass away used to put it there as a mummy, and, and the condor would have chance to not take to this body to heaven. That was the main reason why Incas and um, shifted or carved the stones 
to have in that shape as the condor is so incredible that's like i like it what, what direction they're facing and then how is the position no the position is landing or soaring up this is not how incas did the construction there and to worship in that animal that's considered temple of the condor okay so that was the temple of the condor is basically like the morgue morgue yeah morgue where you put dead bodies yeah sure sure yeah put it right in the over the um, wings bar no like mm -hmm. there is a beautiful shape even you're able to see it like bars or like a little rings that you're able to tie there avoid it the moments uh will fall off you know so do you know how long the bodies would stay there for maybe like in important days like what the incas did some ceremonies that days was put it three or four days a week like that i don't think they would have put it more days too okay so to have idea like they are putting over the body of the of the condor and then the condor take no to heaven mm -hmm. so that was like one of idea how inca believe it the condor will take to the heaven yeah okay i like that theory it's nice mm, yes it's i like it too when i go there i try to worship there and i try to prior like condor you take me to con to heaven i say to him too yeah and then the other the other ones that are there as well because there was another few shapes i can't remember what they were uh there in that section is still one as a hummingbird shape and it's just open peak this is like the main influence the uh, incas you know is the last civilizations before them there were other great civilization one of them is nazca line Achimus, Paracas, Tiwanacos, more far away, Chancay, uh, this kind of uh, civilizations. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's who started to worship in different animals. Also, given some dedications of these animals that they were considered important for them, like according how they were conquering other civilizations. Each other, they shared the knowledge, and that is why they were still respecting. So they didn't kill any of this uh, knowledge, any of this culture once they got to conquer the other one. So they were respecting. That's why even Incas, they were still worshiping that uh, animals, no? So it's so um, great. So how the Incas were peaceful, that's why we understand the Incas, they get conquered with the heart in a peaceful way. One of these evidences is Nazca line. You can see a drawing mm. and having different shape of the animals facing to the sky too. And they don't know how they were made, do they? Uh, Nazcas? Yeah. This is one of the theory that we figured it up. And there were more than 100 people doing the line up. One person from the upper side, they were saying, you should move to the left, to the right, one step back or in front, to the right, to the left, and until to get it the shape that they want to do it. No? So right after getting the shape, they were start polishing. So they were marking with the uh, white sands, and then they were polishing little by little. So it's kilometers of the distance this line is not they're huge i did the flight over the top yeah. not that i got to see very much because i was i was so sick <laughs> but mm. yes I, we could see them and you have to be up very high and you, they are huge yes at least 200 meters no yeah at least 200 meters yeah so once they got at the line of between them so, so humans 
they were holding a string too. So then through the strings, they were marking on the shape of this ones. So the, that construction, for example, it's um, 600 BC until 1500 uh, AD, which is takes like 2000 years more or less for do that. Who, who was the last time Inca? So Incas were following over or right after to see the Nazcas. The history is just so mind-blowing how far back it goes. So at Machu Picchu, I remember there was some section where you got Heidi and I to go stand in different rooms and then look through at each other. Main plaza, no? I, the, you were able to see it at three different constructions. Both of this one, it's facing uh, to the diff, uh, hemisphere, like northern and the south. The, the first one, it's pointing to Wainapichi Mountain plus Sundial, that we are able to see it how the northern hemisphere constellation you're, uh, you're able to see over the mountains. This is how they were guessing. That was one of the main calendar for the Incas to observe in the constellation that we have in the northern hemisphere, like, uh, what is it, Big Deeper, Small Deeper, Pleiades, also the Ryan's Belt, on different constellations, even the St. Venus, now you're able to see it when you're stand up there. When a while, the other constructions, I still remember a little bit on breaking that, that it's facing to the northern hemisphere, oh, sorry, to the southern hemisphere, facing to directions of the Sun Gate and Machu Picchu Mountain. Above this mountain, you're able to see it, a Southern Cross plus the uh, Milky Way. This is how it's facing each other. So Incas were predicting the times thing according to what's the main mo motion of the stars. This is the way how they were fixing that. I remember that. <laughs> That's called Plaza Sagrada, Sacred Plaza. Yeah, it was really cool. And Heidi and I didn't know what you were doing, but you're like, you go stand here, you go stand there. And we're like, okay. Uh, the other one, it's a mirror with the water. Ah, oh, actually, that's the one I think it is. Yeah, the mirror. That, oh, that is like astronomical observatory. Thanks to reflections of water, you are able to see at the Andean sky. So uh, once we fix that, so the constructions right surrounder it wasn't have any roof so that's why they able to see through of the reflections of water that's astronomical observatory place i like that it's so beautiful so this is pointing as well to the both sides to the northern and the south you're able to see it one of the windows pointing and uh, one of this mirror in one time which is in june and de december you're able to see it once the sun rise, uh, once once the sun rise over the mountain, through of the window goes a light inside of this construction, exactly the one of the water mirror too. Yeah, that's astronomical observatory. It's so cool place. It is. It's so, and there's so much information. I remember you telling us so much, and that's why now going back over it, there's so many things I can't remember because it was so much information. But it was so amazing. And I think trying to stand there and look at it and take in the information is quite hard to do. So I'm kind of glad that I'm having this second tour with you to be able to then take it back in because, yeah, it is so cool. 
And how high up is Machu Picchu? It's located 2,400 meters above sea level, right in the uh, Amazon basin. It's talking about a feet, like 6,500 feet, more or less. It's not quite high. Cusco is more higher than Machu Picchu. So it's tropical area, Machu Picchu. It is tropical, but it feels very high when you're up there. It feels way higher because you're on the side of a, side of a mountain. <laughs> yes, because we spend the night in Aguascalientes. Then you go there. Yeah, for sure. The, the bus take you, like, switch back roads, no? That's eight kilometers to, to, to take there. Tourists do really silly things, but have people died there? I see it two emergency cases happen. One was one of German man in Machu Picchu mountain. According to how the rangers report, he was uh, doing a selfie picture, but a jumping. You told us not to jump. You told us we weren't allowed to. It's not like that. You know, it's one heritage and it's, we, ha- we should be there respectable, you know. So when you jump, like, can you imagine 100 people jumping in the same time? We can make a big impact, no? That's why we say we're not allowed to do it, this ones. Yeah. And the other one is from basically people who doesn't pay attention. So you are in age, climbing the walls, and maybe one of the stones loosen. That's why how you can... Uh, what I say, you cannot stable. That's how you can get lost easily. Oh. I've been seeing like a little emergency, like heart attack. Maybe people who are who doesn't expecting about it or emotional. I don't know what's what's wrong. So, but it it is quite hard work as well for people that might not be the fittest. It is not easy. It's definitely not wheelchair friendly because there is steps everywhere. So it is, yes. it is quite strenuous for a lot of people and it is high up. So if you're not used to the altitude, I can imagine the pressure it can put on a heart. Yes, because you're most of you are coming by sea level, no? So 2,000 meters is still a higher for you. So so there actually there are three uh, circuits. That one is largest ones that we can go more higher and the other one is medium sites and people who cannot breathe too much. We are, a, we are able to take you by lower sites, but you will skip the view of the postcard view. Yeah. So you can yeah, see it like temples, palaces, this ones. Yeah, which we did those ones, right? We did all of it? Yeah, 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 we did that. We did that, the longest one, the special one. The special one. <laughs> yes. Is there anything else you can tell us about Machu Picchu that we haven't covered? Maybe like Machu Picchu is one of, Magic, majestic place, one of the places that you can get it, energy, by nature. It's one of the construction surviving more than 600 years. So you said that they didn't have roofs? Used to have. Oh, they did have a roof. Some of the, okay. bu- uh-huh. Some of the building was in half just to see the sky. Many of these buildings used to have. That's why some of these ones were restored and to have idea how it used to be, no? And yeah, Machu Picchu is one of the majestic places for us, one of the places you can you can get energy when you are there. That's one cool place. I can believe it myself too. When I am there, I go back on really stronger ones and I able to do whatever ones because it's a great place, no? Yeah, it is. It is really special. Uh, and I, I 
I think hearing what you've got to say about it and the history behind it and the way they respected the animals and how they offered and did offerings and all of these things, I think it's so interesting to hear and to think that you're standing somewhere where people, what did you say, 600 years ago were living? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is like in the 15, you know, 32 Spaniards were ripe and then 15, 40 more or less Spaniards get abandoned to Machu Picchu. So since that time until nowadays, we're to ta- at 20,000, you know, so we're, we say like that construction is belongs 1400, that was like 1600, still surviving there. So did the Spaniards take them away from living there? And Spaniards didn't go to Machu Picchu. There is no uh, enough evidence that we can say Spanish were at Machu Picchu. So Incas in decided abandon Machu Picchu, avoid and Machu Picchu will be having biggest destructions like in the Cusco City or other places. That's why the main reason Incas decided abandon Machu Picchu. Why did they decide to abandon it? Sorry, I missed that. You know, and the Spaniards, they start destroyed and the main temples, they want to see it, how the construction. So they didn't put it back in as a ray construction. That's why Incas was really afraid. And they said, so this Spaniards will arrive here and they're going to destroy this place too. So we are not given that chance. That's why Incas decided to abandon Machu Picchu. Oh, so they didn't find them there. Yeah, so Spanish, they didn't find it, never, ever. Okay, all right. Yeah, I kind of always been a bit confused with how that happened. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge again, and I'm so grateful that you could do this. I know we've had a few technical issues, but it's ended up being perfect, and I've been able to pick your brains once again about... Peru and Machu Picchu. All of you that you're visiting us to Peru, to Cusco, and that's one of the main mind for us to respond, and we appreciate it any times that you stay in Peru, so that is your home, no? Especially Machu Picchu. Thank you. Thank you for being here again, and it's been good talking to you, and who knows, we might get you back and talk about something else in Peru in the future. Sure, 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 yeah, any time. Thank you, Herlin. Yeah, it was a pleasure to talk with you, Michelle. Thanks for listening to With You Every Step, hosted by Michelle Lee. We do hope you enjoyed listening. And if you did, make sure you tell everybody. If you didn't, nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media at With You Every Step. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, head to the Contact Us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on.